Sorta Kinda Superpowered by James Kennison. Chapter 6. Joseph's heart sank. His stomach turned sour. He looked back at his mother. She appeared to be just as shocked as he was. Clovis was standing. How is it his? Clovis demanded. Well, it's quite a story, actually, Mr. Visser said. He stood slowly, walking around and leaning on his desk. How to explain, he said to himself. And then to Joseph, we all realized that the enhancements were limited, am I right? Joseph couldn't nod. Mr. Visser turned to Joseph's mom. We also agreed that the enhancements didn't seem to fit. There seems to be no purpose. Unfortunately, that's because it was an accident that you ever came into contact with the pen at all. Joseph was silent. His mother sat staring at the floor. Clovis was still standing. His lip began to quiver. I hate to crush your hopes, Joseph. I truly do. But that day, two weeks ago, outside this very building, Dr. Superior suffered a loss. He told me he had just finished his business at the Sherman Building fire up the road from where you were crossing. He flew down low, hoping to give you all something to post on Instagram, when the pen you hold in your hands came loose from his uniform and landed nearby. Joseph absentmindedly touched his face where the pen had struck him. Or perhaps it hit you before it hit the ground, Mr. Visser said, noticing. He started pacing back and forth across the front of his desk. If you haven't guessed yet, the pen is very precious to Dr. Superior as it is the very source of all of his enhanced abilities. This was also true for every one of the enhanced before him. The pen has been handed down from hero to hero for the last 150 years. This has been a closely guarded secret all this time. Each enhanced knew that keeping the pen classified was of utmost importance. If it were discovered, evildoers worldwide would work night and day to try to acquire it. And if it were stolen, it would render the enhanced powerless and susceptible to assault by every criminal he or she had ever foiled and captured. Joseph's mind put the rest together himself. So somewhere right now, Dr. Superior is powerless and helpless against any attack that may come, Joseph said. Yes, Mr. Visser replied. That's exactly the situation. We've been able to keep a lid on things, telling the public that Superior was simply taking time off, but the truth is out there. It's only a matter of time before one of the criminal organizations finds out and launches an all-out attack on this very building in an attempt to destroy the world's greatest hero, Dr. Superior. Mr. Visser sighed and looked at Joseph with an apologetic expression. Though Joseph knew what had to be done, he hated the very idea. His mother had tears running down her cheeks. Clovis was now staring through the floor. Joseph's mind was going full tilt. In a mere moment, everything that had happened from the day the pin hit him till now flashed through his mind. Every detail, every hope, every question. Mr. Visser's story answered everything. The powers were minimal because they weren't his powers. They were Dr. Superior's. The pin didn't just drop from the sky. It became unclasped, like all pins do, and it randomly hit him because Dr. Superior was showing off. He stood there in that moment, while time seemed to slow all around him. He felt as if he had been punched in the stomach. His heart felt like a balloon that had lost all of its air. Joseph thought he had finally found something good in life, something truly strange, wonderful, and unexplainable. Now it was very unwonderful and completely explainable. He flashed on an image of himself tomorrow back at school without the pen, 
open season for the bullies, especially the one he had stood up to. His whole body shivered at the thought. Not only am I not the next in power, Joseph thought, I'm not the next anything. I know what you're thinking, Mr. Visser said, addressing all of them. What now? How do we go back to a normal life after this? They all looked up and nodded. Well, we do have a bit of good news in the midst of all the bad, he said, looking hopeful. Upon delivery of the pin, Dr. Superior, I, and the board of directors are prepared to reward the Gardner family with the sum of $80,000. Joseph looked at his mother. She had her hands over most of her face, only her wet eyes showing. Joseph took this as a good sign. Clovis was paying attention again. Naturally, we'll have Miss Gardner sign some non-disclosure agreements. We can't have stories of the pen turning up in the news or online. We'll need any media pertaining to the pen or the powers it gave, as well as any journals or notes. Basically, anything that could give the wrong person the right information, Mr. Visser said. He seemed pleased that the good news had softened the bad. But Joseph's mind was still churning. He held the pen hard in his hand, the clasp digging into his palm. The heat from his palm radiated out from the pen, making it feel hot. Something felt wrong. The right thing to do was obvious. He was going to drop the pen into Mr. Visser's hand and leave without it. Life would return to normal. They would be a little richer, perhaps, but nothing would really change. Dad would still be gone. Mom would still be working hard every day at the preschool. I'll still be the target of every eighth grade bully. Joseph knew what he had to do, but he didn't want to do it. Just an hour ago, there was no question in his mind who the pen belonged to, who it had chosen. Tears stung his eyes, recalling the stupid kid that only a day ago believed that he might be trained by and even team up with Dr. Superior. Stupid! Now all that was being taken away. No given. I'm giving it away. He couldn't. He wouldn't. Sir, Joseph said, his voice quivering, his fists and arms clenched and shaking. I, I believe everything. Everything you have said. It, it makes sense to me, but... He paused, looking up at Mr. Visser. I, I don't think, I don't think you realize what you're asking. You're absolutely right, Mr. Visser said. I could never understand. Before you came, I must have rehearsed my speech a hundred times. How do you rob a young man of his dreams? Trust me, this isn't easy for any of us. Mr. Visser knelt down on one knee before Joseph and placed a hand on his shoulder. This pen can't make you a hero, he said but giving it back will. He clapped Joseph on both shoulders, stood, and walked back behind his desk. His own head hung low. Mrs. Gardner moved to Joseph's chair and turned him to face her. We can't keep it, Joseph, she said. You know we can't. He's right. It was a wonderful thing to have happened. The powers were amazing, but they aren't enough to actually do anything with, and it would be so selfish of us to keep it to ourselves. Think of all the people Dr. Superior helps every single day. Think of how dangerous it is for him right now. He was thinking about everything that she and Mr. Visser had said and more. He remembered what they'd say at church. It's better to give than to receive. God first, others second, yourself last. Fun little lesson to learn. Absolutely horrible to have to live out. He wanted to slap someone hard. The person that didn't tell him that things don't always work out for the best. The person who never really explained to him how unfair life really was. The person who never told him that doing the right thing rarely feels right. He even wanted to slap the great Dr. Superior 
for losing his stupid pin in the first place. I said before that the pin came to you by accident, said Mr. Visser. I want to take that back. I now believe very strongly that the pin came to exactly the right person, someone who had the strength to do the right thing when it was the very hardest thing to do. Joseph lifted his arm straight out in front of him, flattened his palm. The pin gleamed in the recessed lighting of the office. He stepped up to the huge black desk. Tell him I'm sorry, he said. Mr. Visser looked confused. I'm sorry we didn't call sooner. I'm sorry he's been without it so long. Immediately the knot in his stomach let loose. The anger faded. The confusion melted away. There was no other way this could have gone, he thought. He was still going to give the people at church a piece of his mind. It wasn't fun being good. Joseph flipped his hand to pass it to Mr. Visser, but Visser jumped back in his chair as if he were being handed a dead bird. He reached beneath his desk and brought out a small metal box and opened it. There was an obvious indention in the foam inside. The shape of a shield. The shape of the pen. Oh, I never touch it myself, Mr. Visser said. It's only for the boss, so if you would, please. He held the box close. Joseph paused for just a moment. Then he fit the pen into the foam padding. Mr. Visser closed the box. It let out a little hiss and several clicks, locking itself securely. Joseph stepped back. His mother caught him with a hug from behind. She squeezed him hard. You did good, she said. She kissed him on his cheek and let him go. Clovis slid over and gave him an awkward side hug. It was fun while it lasted, he said. The small metal box disappeared behind Mr. Visser's desk. He stood and walked around to Joseph's. He did a little bow and shook Joseph's hand with both of his and winked. I assure you that this means the world to Dr. Superior, he said. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show up one day soon and thank you himself. Maybe there were some benefits to making the right choice after all. He looked over at Clovis, who was now grinning from ear to ear. He gave Joseph two thumbs up and seemed very excited at the prospect of a visit from their favorite hero. Okay, boys, why don't you ride back down to the lobby and wait? I need to talk to Mr. Visser about his generous offer. Joseph had a sickening thought. He really hoped his mother hadn't pushed him to give up the pen because of the reward money. The adults sat down and the boys filed into the elevator. It set itself to the lobby level and started down silently. Neither of them spoke, instead watching the floor numbers tick down from 60. At the bottom, the doors opened facing the exhibits. The hall was dimly lit and empty. A janitor was working a floor polisher a few feet away. Ben and Will, the security men, were chatting with the receptionist at the front desk. Joseph walked forward until he was in the exact center of the hub. He didn't care if he was allowed to or not. Just by turning his head, he could see into the three rooms on that floor, each dedicated to a hero referred to as the Enhanced. Daring Dan, Sergeant Silent, and the dark center hall leading to the superior wing of the building. Upstairs, he saw signs for the remaining heroes, Sergeant Sudden, Miss Model, and Captain Mighty. It all seemed different now. He knew something about the Enhanced that the world didn't know. Most folks thought of the Enhanced as being a bit like a genie, that they showed up when they were needed and went back when they were done. It was all the pin, he said to no one in particular. What? Clovis asked. They were just normal people like you and me. People have wondered for years where they came from, how they got their powers, where they went when they were done with their job. The answer is the pin. It's always been that pin. Clovis didn't speak. I feel connected to it. To them, Joseph said. 
motioning toward the different rooms. Maybe it's just a fake hoping kind of feeling, but I've been one of them, or at least like one of them. And even if it was just for a moment, I know I'll never be the same again. Does that mean you're going to try to be more like them? Clovis asked. Yeah, I suppose, Joseph said, though he really didn't understand the question. So you're going to start wearing deodorant then? Clovis asked, cracking a smile, because I bet they all wore it. Clovis was a good friend, but he wasn't a friend who liked to stay sad for very long. Joseph punched him in the arm. Ah, Clovis groaned, a satisfied look on his face. That punch felt awesome. It's much better without the pin. Nice and soft. Joseph started grinning in spite of himself. I don't need a pin to bruise you, he swung again, laughing, but Clovis was quick and ducked away. But you gotta catch me to bruise me, Clovis shouted. Gentlemen! It was Ben and Will, the huge navy blue security guards. Your mother is ready to leave. Please follow us, Will said. The fun was over. The boys followed the men past the reception desk. Joseph's mom was waiting near the parking garage elevator. That was quick, Joseph said. Did he give you the money? It doesn't take long to sign a signature, she said. The paperwork was very simple. We're not going to tell anyone outside of the three of us anything about what we know and what happened. We also have to turn in or destroy any media or other evidence. And the money? Joseph asked again. What about the money? Did you get it? There is no money, she said as she squeezed through the opening elevator doors. I told him we couldn't take it. This concludes Chapter 6. Visit SortaKindOfSuperpower.com for updates, hero illustrations, and more.